0: There are two breaking news stories mentioned in the Gospel text this morning. The first is an incident that took place in Jerusalem. Some pilgrims from Galilee, and Galilee is Jesus' home turf, uh, have made the pilgrimage down to Jerusalem to make their sacrifices there in the temple, but Pilate, the governor of, of Jerusalem and the puppet of the Romans, of the Roman emperor, Pilate, being a little paranoid, hears about the group and decides, because Galileans have a reputation for being kind of uprisers and rebellious, decides that they are in town to create trouble and to plan a revolt, and so he has the group slaughtered during their worship service so that their blood is mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Awful. Tragic senseless death. The second incident that he mentions uh, is a referral to what was probably a lookout tower on the outside wall of Jerusalem, and Jesus calls it the Tower of Siloam, and he talks about a time when apparently just recently one of the towers collapsed and landed on 18 people who were standing there unawares in the sunshine, you know, tourists. In town, marveling at this beautiful architecture, and all of a sudden, a tower lands on their heads and they're gone and buried in the rubble. Tragedies, innocent lives lost. They're still hot topics of conversation today as we speculate how to make sense of things like the chaos in Haiti where the people can never get a break, it seems, between all the coups and the corruption of the government and then all the tsunamis and everything that seems to to befall their homeland? Or how about the nine innocent college students and a 13-year-old boy and his father who are killed in a senseless head-on crash on a two-line highway just last week? Or the horrible loss of life we witness on the news every day in Ukraine or the people who lost their lives in tornadoes in Iowa and Kentucky. You know, all of these are reminders of how fragile and how capricious life can be. They're also an invitation to see grace, to see God's grace and love and power and presence right now in every breath we take in every moment of life we are given and to make the most of every day. It's an invitation that Jesus issues to to see the grace. That's what he means by repentance. It's a change in perspective. It's um, the the metanoia. It's the moment of awakening that's life-changing and changes direction. Such grace that we are still here. That we are alive and breathing on our own and by no great merit of ours and therefore simply by the grace of god alone it's a miracle every moment that we do not get hit by a bus it is a miracle every time we stand outside and falling debris does not land on our heads It is a miracle every day that we are not attacked by a madman or we don't drop dead of a heart attack or any of the other freakish calamities that snatch away people's lives in an instant. So often we ignore the blessing of just having life and instead seek to blame God the minute life goes awry. It's so easy to ignore the grace. We are not spared either because we are somehow better than the people who had a terrible fate. Tragedy is not God's punishment. There's a lot of bad theology that keeps popping up generation after generation, and you see it all the time. There'll be a big tragedy in Haiti or somewhere, and people, somebody on the radio or the news or in some blog or you know their opinion section on the internet will say, oh, it's because those people were sinners. A shooting at a gay bar, oh, that's God's punishment. It's so easy to judge, to try to make it a simple game where God rewards the good and punishes the wicked. And yet, if you look around in the world any given day, you see plenty of people who do evil things prospering, and there are plenty of people who seem like really nice folks, good folks, who are suffering. It is not God's doing when good and bad comes our way. That is just life. Jesus corrects the false theologies. In another text on another day, somebody asked him, why is this guy blind? Did he sin or did his parents sin and cause it? And Jesus said, neither sin. And yet, so that you may know the grace and the kingdom of God, his eyesight will be restored and then God renews his vision. I mean, Jesus... Restores his vision. In this case, Jesus says, What? Did you think those people from Galilee were any worse than anybody else from Galilee? And of course, Jesus and the disciples were from Galilee. He's saying, Do you really think that those people who were killed in a car wreck or who got shot with a, an auto jacking or whatever were any worse than you or I? No. No, they are not. And yet, unless we repent, we might die just as they did. Not repent from our sins so much, but repent in our attitudes and our our approach to life. Maybe they died not knowing the grace of God. Maybe they died not making the most of their lives. Maybe if they could have one more day of life, they would spend it differently. And if we don't pay attention, maybe too, we will regret that we did not make the most of ours. The disciples are focused on those people who got killed. Jesus wants us to focus instead on how we are living this moment in our own lives. He wants us to adopt a different perspective now before it's too late, to stop trudging through our days, letting our sense of purpose and joy be dissipated, I think, by the demands of the world and the demands of things and people around us. So repent, he says. Stop taking your lives for granted. Stop wasting what you've been given and live each day with God in gratitude and grace because, you know, tomorrow it may be too late. And then he tells the parable of the fig tree. There was a fig tree the guy planted in his vineyard. And for three years he goes by and looks at that fig tree and there haven't been any figs on it. And he says to his gardener, he's like, you know, I guess just cut the thing down. It's wasting the soil. It's taking nutrients out of the soil, and it's not doing anything with them. It's not bearing the fruit that it was meant to bear. But the gardener says, no, 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 don't, 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 don't cut it down yet. Give it a little bit more time. Tell you what, this year I'll dig around it. I'll put some manure in the soil. Next year you come by. He's gambling, right, that if he does all this extra stuff, that tree's going to bear fruit. And the vineyard owner relents and says, fine. Our focus should be on leading fruitful lives, knowing that God has not given up on us. God does not give up on us. And that God is going to give us even more abundant grace, even more strength, even more love, more of everything that we need so that we can live the lives that God imagines for us. Fruit-bearing lives. Lives that bring delight not just to ourselves but also to everyone around us. And there's still time for this fruit bearing, for discovering the fruit, that's the joy, the happiness, the the contentment, the fulfillment of living for God, of living with gratitude, of offering in return the one thing that God is calling us to do this moment, this day. Not all the things we could do See, that's the other trap. We start thinking, oh my gosh, we don't just have to be the fig tree. We have, to be all, we have to bear all kinds of fruit all by ourselves. We have to be a whole orchard. We do not have to be the orchard. We just have to be what we were created to be by God, to be our authentic selves, to do the things that we can do with what we have been given in this moment of our lives right now by the grace of God. That thing that will bring us joy, and peace and fulfillment and humility and life for the soul this day and for the people around us. Something in keeping with our own unique talents. God is not calling the fig tree to produce oranges or apples or anything else, but to do what is within your nature, what God has created you to be into, and that is to be a manifestation of the kingdom of God that increases life for others, makes the world, or at least our little part of it, just a little bit better today. The way of the fig tree is God's invitation to us, the way of trust and surrender. The fig tree just does what it was created to do and born to do, right, and grew to do, but it does it with the help and the care of the one who, is, who planted it, and of the gardener who nourishes it and sustains it. Bearing fruit is a sign that we know and understand that what God has created us to be. It's trusting Jesus to know what we need, putting ourselves in God's hands, bearing fruit as repentance, living each day, a day that could be our last, and offering it back to God with faith and joy and delight. Jesus says, therefore, you have been given a second chance. But these moments don't last forever, and tomorrow may be too late. So instead of focusing on the things you can't control, instead, notice all the ways that God is at work in your life, Take advantage of all that manure and grace knowing that God has faith in you and focus on what God is helping and encouraging you to be and do in this moment while you still have that unmerited gift called life.